You're listening to the Eat Scripture Podcast with Eric and Gina Robinson, and we are currently going through a series on the book of Psalms. That's right. And um, very excited. We're just getting started, so you're getting in at a good time. Mm-hmm. You can go back and listen to the episodes we've already done. Mm-hmm. But today we're going to do part two of um, what we did on chapters nine and ten. Right. Yes. And we couldn't do it all in one <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah. um, but go back and listen to the last one if you missed it. Mm-hmm. That'll be uh, the first part. Mm-hmm. Today we'll just continue. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but if you are new to our podcast, welcome. Yeah. If you've been listening and sharing, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you want to know more about our ministry, go to eatscripture.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there are, we have other studies going on all the time. And so if you're interested in any of that, shoot us an email and mm-hmm. we can kind of let you know what all we have going on right now. Yeah. And uh, there is a donate page if you'd like to partner with us in our ministry. Oh, yeah. So our goal is just to encourage people to get into the word and mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Love Jesus. Really transforms your life and your walk. I mean, it's one thing to carry around your Bible. It's all another thing to really start reading it. Yeah, it makes all the difference. Come close to God, yeah. So, we are here to study with you. (laughs) Yeah, we are absolutely looking forward to this. So, uh, let's uh, go ahead and we'll start getting into Psalm 10. Okay. Yeah, as we're getting back into Psalm 10 now, like you had said, this is actually what we're calling part two. Part two just means, in this case, the very next psalm. It's broken right, into two Because we pretty pieces. much went through chapter nine mm-hmm. last yep. time, but these psalms go together, and so we're making them into a part one and part two. Right, and the reason we know that is because there's a big acrostic where they use the Hebrew alphabet and just use letter after letter to walk through both psalms. It takes up both psalms to go through the Hebrew alphabet. Now, we went through the first half last time we talked about it. Apropos, because I think chapter 10 is a part two. Yeah, well, I I agree. (laughs) I think it is a part. Exactly. It is a part. It's like a part two. It even reads like a part two. It doesn't read exactly like the first one. And yet, the acrostic exists. So you know that they go together. You know that they're meant to go together. And yet, there's a real difference in how they sound, like you're saying. So when you get to 10, it's no wonder you would feel like, oh, I'm reading something totally different now. But if we had more of an understanding of Hebrew, we would see, if we were careful, we would see these letters and how they stood out and how they were actually linking the two. But we don't have a good understanding of Hebrew, so we're not as able to do that. But what we do know is, I mean, scholars all agree, I say all agree, I mean virtually all agree, that these are meant to be seen together. And so that's what we're seeing here is this connected psalm, uh, psalms. And yeah. so, yeah, it's very hard. You know, I'm I, know. Try, I keep trying to find the right words to say, <laughs> yeah. I mean, is it one? No, it's not really one. It's two, but they are absolutely integrally connected. Right. Yeah. Right. They're meant to go together. Yeah, meant they to are meant together. to be read together. I believe that for sure. Okay, so I went halfway through the alphabet. The first, the Psalm 9 contains exactly half the letters mm-hmm. of the Hebrew alphabet, 11 letters. And we talked about last time how one of those is missing and why that one is missing, the Dalet, because it's connected to the idea of being poor, 
being and, and right. that's what that whole psalm is about how god always hears the poor protects the poor cares for the poor and then i find out at the end of psalm 918 in 918 that god is not going to forget the poor even though it may look like they're forgetting right. forgotten sometimes he's not going to forget them love that so it's a it sounds like a real praise song by the time he gets to the end even though he's he's calling out to god at the end and wants to be seen and remembered and you know not forgotten but he trusts that god won't forget right and so is so throughout i kind of keep the idea of praise going then psalm 10 begins now it begins with the 12th letter of the hebrew alphabet so i'm so i'm still my acrostic is obviously in place no problem. I'll keep. I'm going to keep going with the acrostic. However, the tone seems to change fairly significantly. Yes, it is a different tone. I think that that's a good word. And so I, now I have this lament starting. If I read once, I've read through the whole song, Psalm 10. It sounds like a lament. It does not sound like the the same heart is speaking. The same uh, kind of heart of confidence is speaking that I got in chapter nine. Now I have a heart that's lot more questioning a lot more despairing maybe that would be a little harsh maybe not despair but certainly concern certainly a wondering and a concern it even starts out with the word why yes exactly why oh lord do you stand far away why do you hide yourself in times of trouble yes and i think that's the difference the other one is like well this is happening but god's going to take care of it right he's got it Right. He always knows what's going Justice on. Will he be never done. lets his people go. Justice will be done. Yeah. But this one is more why is this questioning, happening? Questioning. Where yes. are you, God? Where are you? Exactly. Yeah. Where are you? Um, and so you can feel the the more the tension and the more of a downhearted nature. Um, even like you're saying from the very beginning with those questions were already like thrown into the midst more of this. a pleading. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Um so Whenever we begin then, we get those questions, and now we're wondering what's going to happen. Uh, and so I think um, what we're going to, well, what we're going to see next, when we get to verse 2 and following, following, then things get really strange for us. Because the whole tone, not just the tone, the whole written aspect of both of these psalms changes between verse 2 and verse 11. Mm-hmm. Which is uh, something we can't 10. necessarily see in our English. We can see it a little because the person goes to third instead of second. But we don't. what we don't see again is what he's doing with those letters of the acrostic. Mm-hmm. They're generally there, but they're very mixed. It's not like it's not like a normal acrostic should be written. It seems that things are out of place. It doesn't seem like they're where they should be. And we think, uh, you and I think at least, and I love it because I do. think that's an artistic uh, way of expressing the chaos, the chaos, feeling. the disarray, the yeah. chaos. I think it, things aren't fitting together in perfect. Things in society seem completely screwed up. Yeah, things seem out of place. They're not right. Things aren't going that the way they should. I, We're going to hear that in verse 10, uh, 2 through 11. And I think even in the um, in David, if mm-hmm. he's the one who wrote this psalm, which mm-hmm. it says he did, uh, that his heart is also filled with chaos. Yes. He's not um, settled. Yes. Right. And um, yeah, calm exactly. in his heart. In the first one, I think he is. 
in, in chapter nine. That's much what it's more. portraying, yes. This one, he's, he's feeling the chaos that's mm-hmm. surrounding him and getting weighed down by that. Uh, I, I really, really agree. I think you're exactly right. And he wants us to see these things as matching, as going together. This, mm-hmm. Sometimes you feel this way when you look at it, but you know God is there and he's going to take care of everything. Right. Other times you just feel like you're in complete despair and you right. don't know what to do and where's God and why is it? Why? This, like this. Uh, this yes, exactly. These are the two sides of the mm-hmm. same coin that we all wrestle with all the time. As believers, we wrestle with this all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, when we get to chat, now that we're in chapter ten, when we go verses two through eleven, I even think it's apropos that there are six letters caught up in there. Six mm-hmm. letters that we're seeing mixed yeah. and not getting to see. So it's incomplete. It's a very incomplete. Very uh, six is that number that is linked to man 666 um the incomplete the imperfect the you know always never quite reaching up to where it should be and so that's what we're seeing these six this is what happens to society when things aren't right when things are bad so even the number itself kind of tells us that then when we get to verse 12 and following we'll get back into where it's very obvious where those letters are which letters we have left and and They'll go in order, and and he'll again be talking to God, directly to God in that second person. And so let's read through this, and we're just keeping that in mind now that that's what we're seeing. Very much watching the acrostic continue to flow, but between verses 2 and 11, in those six letters, things are totally screwed up. You'll see why as we read it. So do you want me to just read verse 11? Uh, Actually, I think we should go... Uh, let's just go through 11 first so that we can talk just a little bit about that. Okay. So let's start 1 through 11. Okay. Why, O oh Lord, do you stand far away? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? In arrogance, the wicked hotly pursue the poor. Let them be caught in the schemes that they have devised. For the wicked boast of the desires of his soul, and the one greedy for gain curses and renounces the Lord. In the pride of his face, the wicked does not seek him. All his thoughts are, there is no God. His ways prosper at all times. Your judgments are on high, out of his sight. As for all his foes, he puffs at them. He says in his heart, I shall not be moved. Throughout all generations, I shall not meet adversity. His mouth is filled with cursing and deceit and oppression. Under his tongue are mischief and iniquity. He sits in ambush in the villages. In hiding places, he murders the innocent. His eyes stealthily watch for the helpless. He lurks in ambush like a lion in his thicket. He lurks that he may seize the poor. He seizes the poor when he draws him into his net. The helpless are crushed, sink down, and fall by his might. He says in his heart, God is forgotten. He has hidden his face. He will never see it. Man, oh man, does that ever sound bad. What an awful description of someone that is. And we should hear how awful it is. He is really, he has started this like we've already pointed out in verse 1. He's still crying out to God. He's still calling out to God. It could be a, this could actually be a communal lament too. We don't know if it's personal or communal. Um, but it could be a communal lament. Why, oh Lord, do you stand far away? The whole community is saying, oh my goodness, why is this happening? But I can easily see it being a personal lament because he is lamenting about how the community seems to function and why are there right. these people who don't care and 
they're just being able to oppress everybody. Um, Haven't we all felt this way? You Mm -hmm. look around and think, what is going on? Yes. People are not treating each other well. Yep. Um, Yeah. So we've already said how there's, you can see, you can hear the shift when you, right as you got to verse two and you started reading through 11, it's all he and him, very much uh, this place where he is wondering, uh, he is just talking about evil people right. and why they get to act like they do. And he's leaving them in the third person. And it's, it's uh, just his, his expressing his heart about how bad things have gotten and why they are this way and why evil people get to act this way. He doesn't seem to be pointing at one in particular, but just the way these evil people act. Yeah. And so, but he's using this, he's using this third person singular, this he, him, he's the, he's the person who acts like this and the person who does this boasts of the desires of his soul and greedy for gain and curses and renounces the Lord. Verse three, that's what he does in the pride of his face the wicked i'm reading verse four the wicked does not seek him all his thoughts are there is no god mm-hmm. now we read this and we might tend to think first of what we would call theoretical atheists mm-hmm. there's theoretical atheists where they just don't believe there's a god up there right uh, but a theoretical atheist could still may still treat people well be a good person whatever you want to say this, though, it would be extremely unlikely in the ancient world for, for somebody to be a, a theoretical atheist. That people didn't generally believe that there was no God up there at all. Everybody right. believed they in God or some God, some type of yeah. gods or something. Yeah, that was in control of the world. Extremely unlikely that they would be theoretical atheists. However, what the psalmist is probably talking about is people who are practical atheists. Mm-hmm. These are the people who may claim to know God and be fine with God or love God or whatever, but the way they act and live in the world proves that they're in their hearts. They really have no concern for them at all. That's probably the one that the psalmist is so upset with right here is that very kind of person. His thoughts are there is no God. He is, the psalmist is pointing out how really he lives as if he cares. He doesn't care at all that God is there. Because we can say, I've, I really appreciate that he says in the pride of his face, the wicked mm-hmm. does not seek him. Yeah. Because it is our pride mm-hmm. that makes us think that we are doing everything, that everything is from our efforts. And if we're not seeking him in those, that's pride. Yeah. And that is saying there is no God, really. Yes. If we're if we're thinking it's all up to us and not seeking him, mm-hmm then that is pride and that is saying, ah, there isn't a God. I've got to do it. Yeah. I think that's really the general idea there. I think you're right. I think that pride is obviously, I'm glad they said it too, like you are. It just really gives the sense of where these people are coming from and acting out of their own, when we act out of our own space and our own arrogance and everything that we wind up going against God because we're only concerned with what we're doing ourselves. Um, as we've now read through this and we're getting to see what he's done here, I think now that we have this in our minds, we can go on to the rest of the song and we'll see how he changes. He's just going to shift back immediately 
when he gets to 10 chapter 12 or chapter 10 verse 12 he's gonna shift back immediately and now he's going to start talking directly to god again and uh and really expressing himself to god so i think this will be a good place for us to go ahead and read the rest of the psalm arise o lord o god lift up your hand forget not the afflicted why does the wicked renounce God and say in his heart, You will not call to account? But you do see, for you note mischief and vexation, that you may take it into your hands. To you the helpless commits himself. You have been the helper of the fatherless. Break the arm of the wicked and evildoer. Call his wickedness to account till you find none. The Lord is king forever and ever. The nations perish from his land. O Lord, you hear the desire of the afflicted. You will strengthen their heart. You will incline your ear to do justice to the fatherless and the oppressed, so that man who is of earth may strike terror no more. Mm. So you can hear right away, verse 12, he just goes straight back to talking directly to God. So there's that big shift that we did between verse 2 and 11. But then we come back to sounding very much like chapter 9, Psalm 9, where he talked directly to God through the whole thing. I feel like this, you know, verses 1 through 11 are more, he's frustrated. Mm -hmm. Like we said, he's feeling this chaos within himself Mm -hmm. and what he's seeing. Yep. And then he, oh yeah, but God... Yeah, he's but yeah, but now I'm going to turn back. I'm going to reach out to God. So even though he's in this kind of ugly place, and as he looks at the world, he's still going to put his hope in God, turn to God, turn to the right. Lord, really seek out God's help for the world. He still sounds um, not quite as he's definitely not. And, yes, uh, oh yes, right. Confident as he did in chapter so nine, nine, I feel like. I agree, but he completely. is pleading with God to mm-hmm. to not forget the afflicted. To arise, yes, to not forget the afflicted, like you're saying, that word forget, um, which he had used in, you know, the previous Psalm 2, you talked about forgetting um, how the nations forget God, but God now does not forget the needy, and now he's calling on God not to forget again, right. so we can see the tie-in here. We're definitely linked, um, and we see the link in many ways. You know, we're definitely talking about the needy all the way through both psalms and how god is always there for them and then in psalm the second one psalm 10 how he's calling on god or asking god to come and help and be there for the needy and to hold the people the wicked accountable Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah just you know that god is the helper and who will help the fatherless and oh yes that's exactly right. You know how sometimes when you're really down about something and you aren't feeling the hope, mm-hmm. but you pray and people will say, pray the Psalms mm-hmm. and uh, pray scripture. And that is helpful because even though you're not feeling it right that moment, mm-hmm. saying it and remembering, oh yes, he is the helper of the fatherless. Mm-hmm. Um, it just helps to get your really just, heart yeah. turned around a little bit, yeah. even when you're not you feeling it, better. to remind yourself, yes, this is the case, even though I feel like it's not right, right now. Uh, I agree. And so maybe there's something in that too, exactly like you're saying. He's calling out to God because that's the best thing you can do at a moment like this. Right. Really put yourself 
back with him, back in his presence. And, uh, and that's what he's seeking God for is to really bring that goodness back into the lives of these oppressed people. Whenever he is doing this, like we said, we get to verse 12 and we see that we see our acrostic come straight back. If we were Hebrew readers, mm-hmm. we'd see mm-hmm. our acrostic come straight back. Now he's talking to God it's again. More organized where things are, yeah, he can get his thoughts in the right place again. So even there, we see the chaos end. And there's we see more it order. between 2 and 11. But yes, the order comes back. And the, whenever you're with God, whenever you're talking to God directly, the mm-hmm. order comes back. Um, wow, how beautifully written. And is he that. does, you know, he is saying, God will do this. Oh, yeah. The Lord he, is king forever and ever. He's still confident seems like at yes. the end here yeah i love the key i love that you know about the lord being the king forever and ever um that is that's great stuff right there verse 16 he is not the psalmist is confident god will never abdicate the throne he is always going to be there for his people so that's the confidence we have to have even as we're looking at the world even as we're in dismay about the world we still trust god's on the throne he knows exactly what he's doing. He wants us to pray to him and ask him, you know, to help and to be there. He wants us to be a part of the process. That's the, the incredible thing about God, and I've said this many times, is that he actually wants people to be a part of the process of how things work. And so we pray because he actually incorporates that in some miraculous and unbelievable way he incorporates that into his own decision-making processes and how things go i have no question that that's i mean that's at the heart of our understanding about god so so it's amazing that he does that and that's what he has called us to do and so we enter into that relationship and that process with him as we continue this communication with him in relationship but he's very confident in god's kingship he doesn't believe god's ever going to abdicate he's never going to go away and the nations ultimately the nations the gentiles the what he means is the people who don't know god uh-huh. all those who don't know god will perish from his kingdom what will be in so he will hold them accountable yes he's he asking does. god to hold him accountable and then he's kind of saying i know this is this is what you're going to do mm-hmm Right. That's who you are. That's right. That's yeah. exactly what I think. I feel like these two psalms are um, a microcosm of our journey as we walk with God. Mm-hmm. We've been we talked about in Psalm one and two this walk, especially one. Yeah. Uh, the journey with God and mm-hmm. through our life, and that this is a picture of that because we we have confidence. We believe God is in control. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though there are bad things going on, like in chapter nine, mm-hmm. the um, we still have this great confidence and praise for God. Right. But we also come to times in our lives that it feels like chaos, and it yeah. feels like everything is falling apart. Yeah. And we're wondering where He is. Mm-hmm. But then we know, because of our confidence in the first part. Right. We know he's there. Yes. And we call on him. And um, as this psalm ends, it seems to be more confident than it was in the beginning, especially. Yes, um, certainly by the end, even of 10. But, sounds better uh-huh. than that why at the beginning right. of 10. It got yeah. better because he started talking to God and reminding himself who God is. Yes. And that he will do these things. So um, I think the acrostic, that it's mm-hmm. a complete alphabet. Yep. 
that's in there. I, I just can't help but think this is just a picture of our whole journey with God mm-hmm. that we go through times that are lament and yes. we're crying out, wondering where God is. Mm-hmm. But a reminder that He is always here. He is the King forever and ever. And He, he is just. And He will um, hold the evil to account and oh, yeah. take care of the poor and the needy mm-hmm. and the fatherless and the oppressed. Yes. And, yeah, yeah I, I certainly see that too. I think that's right. And, and which is fantastic because there because we all do go through this very thing mm-hmm. these things that you seeing here really picture. speak to our hearts mm-hmm. um i will say that verse 15 before we leave it mm-hmm. verse 15 is very <laughs> imprecatory sounding that's the word that we use when it means the psalmist is asking for god to do something really terrible to bad people yes. um, and so verse 15 break the arm of the wicked and the evil doer this is not how we're taught to pray in Sunday school. It's certainly not how we think about Jesus praying. Um, and Jesus talks about praying for your enemies and blessing mm-hmm. them. Uh, and that's what we want to do, certainly. But in the Psalms, we so often get to hear the very human heart of the psalmist. Right. And I think we're hearing that here, obviously. He wants God to do something on behalf of the afflicted. And it comes out as even calling curses down on those who would do evil. Right. You know, God, right. break their arms, for goodness sake. I mean, do whatever you have to do to get these So they will stop smashing stop. Yes. the poor and the, the poor. people who are oppressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really glad you brought that up because, I, again, I think that speaks to our, like you said, our humanness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We do pray for our enemies, and we, mm-hmm. um, and that's a really hard thing to do because mm-hmm. what we really in our hearts want to do is that their arms are broken yeah right. but in some way yeah that is what we're praying even when we're praying for them to come to the lord mm-hmm. that this evil part of them be broken and mm-hmm. smashed yes and that they come to him and um, yep. be used in a different way oh yeah i agree yeah, I mean, that's ultimately what we want. Mm. We want that. I know that the psalmist here, that that's not what it sounds like. But, uh. <laughs> but God always wants, uh, God's always trying to draw people closer right. to himself. And that's what we want too. Um, and then just to give one more note before we mm-hmm. uh, finish today, just as we're reading these psalms and we're thinking about them in a typological light, if I think about Jesus being, right. Jesus being the center of everything scripture-wise, when I read these, I see him in that place of the afflicted and the poor. That's the he's the one who's truly being battered, beaten right. down, taken advantage of by the powers that be, by the ones who think who are acting as practical atheists, whether they're whether they claim atheism or not, which is extremely unlikely. Likely, they're acting like they think God's not watching anymore. God doesn't care, right? And um, and so I see him very much in that position. But God is going to rise up and is going to take his case and is going to reestablish all of his justice. In he a, does in, see. Through. He hasn't forgotten him. I think that in like in verse eleven where it says mm-hmm. he said, well, ten and eleven, the helpless are crushed, sink down, and fall by his might. He says in his heart, God is forgotten. He has hidden his face. Mm-hmm. He will never see it. Um, I think when we're reading about Jesus on the cross, it's very tempting for us to look at that and say, God has hidden his face. Yeah. And he has forgotten. 
I mean, if you don't know the rest of the story, especially, mm -hmm. uh, you might tend to think that way. Wait, wait a minute, this is the son that we've been waiting for? Mm -hmm. And he's just letting him go through all of this and being uh, treated so terribly mm -hmm. by his own creation. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But God has not forgotten. Right. Like he does see it. And he's got a and big he plan. is going to rise up yes. and yes and do something about it. Yeah. So, God's always on the throne. Even when you see Jesus hanging on the cross, God's on the throne. His plan has not been stalled. He knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah. Right. That's so I it's easy for me to read these and hear Peter, John, one of the other apostles praying this prayer. Because yes. that's what they're when thinking they're at the time. This How can happen? this be happening? God, right. please. You know, everything is out of order. Everything is completely in disarray. And they're uh, running back to that room. Yeah. The upper room upper together. Room. And scared hiding. and fearful. Yeah. Because they don't understand what's going on. And it feels like, uh, like the world is upside down yeah. and all in chaos. Yeah. And yet, God hasn't forgotten. But the truth is, yeah, God knows exactly what he's doing. It's actually a wonderful day, but we don't yeah. see that. Yeah. Well, I just love those two, and I think it's awesome how they go together, and that uh, it's too bad that we're kind of, we don't get in on that in just our writing style um, or our letters that we use, but uh, hopefully you got something out of that, uh, you, you listeners, um, that there was something good in there because these two, when seen together, are really, there's a lot of beauty there um, to be appreciated. So that's awesome. We We'd will love continue. to hear your comments if you have a question or a comment mm -hmm. just shoot them to us that's right and we would love to respond and we hope you're having a great day our next psalm to look at will be psalm number 19 so if you want to read ahead feel free and we will talk to you about that one in just a few days god bless everyone